Welcome along, I'm Alan Williams and this is the Alan Williams Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to episode number 19 of the podcast, I hope you're well. I'm a little bit wrecked today and I'm on a little bit of a high as well, so I'm somewhere in between, I don't know where I am. I was speaking to over a thousand people yesterday and it was just the most amazing experience and you just get such a buzz from it. I will be a little bit high today, but at the same time I get absolutely wrecked after events like that because it takes so much out of you. Just the nerves beforehand, the tension, the adrenaline, and then afterwards you tend to you tend to conk and it's something I've found in every gig I've done. And I've done gigs where, you know, you could go for an hour and a half, two hours and everything is great. And as soon as people walk out the door, you nearly crash because you've put so much into it. It's such a mental and emotional drain. So I'm struggling a little bit today, but at the same time, I'm feeling good because it's done and because it went really well. It got me thinking a little bit about nerves because nerves are something people struggle with a lot and not even just in terms of public speaking. I know public speaking is a huge fear for a lot of people, but even things like playing sports and maybe going into an exam, all these different things, nerves can come into play. So today... I'm going to give you a few little tips on how to handle nerves or things that I've found have helped me because I would have always struggled with nerves. It was definitely when I started out speaking, it was a major struggle for me. And going back to when I used to play football and that as well, I do believe I would have been a better player if I had known then what I know now. You know, nerves, if you can handle them in the right way, can be a huge help, actually, as opposed to just letting them destroy your performance and ruining the whole thing for you. So how do you overcome nerves? Firstly, I would say you need to weigh up the risk versus reward. Public speaking is a tough, tough thing to do. When I started out public speaking, the reward for me was that I was going to help people first and foremost, which was my main driving force. I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to improve people's lives. And if I could get in front of groups of people, bigger groups of people, then obviously I could impact more people. The other thing for me was that it was going to help me grow my business and it was going to help me get my name out there and it was going to help me build a reputation. So even though it was something I absolutely hated the thoughts of doing and it terrified me, the reward for it was strong. So I was thinking maybe it is worth doing. Maybe I could just try it and see. And when you put yourself into those uncomfortable positions and the more you do it, they get a little bit easier. But you've got to just get up and get started. So the first thing is just the risk versus reward. Is it worth doing? And if it is worth doing, maybe just see how it goes. Maybe just dip your toes in the water and test it out. Weigh it up. See how it goes. Next thing in controlling nerves, visualisation. I'm a big, big fan of visualisation. It's like the law of attraction. Thinking about what's going to happen. How do you see it going? When I was going up in front of a thousand people yesterday, I've been visualising this for about a month when I was booked to do the event. I was thinking about, it's going to go well. It's going to go really well. I've never spoken in front of a thousand people before. Yesterday was the biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of. But you can't go into that with a mindset of, I'm getting in front of a thousand people. What am I going to do? It's going to be terrifying. What if I get nervous? What if I start stuttering and stammering? What if, you know, I can't handle it? What if I break down on stage? If you start thinking like that, You're setting yourself up for failure. Before you've even gone near the event, you've set yourself up for failure. So I do a lot of visualisation stuff. Anything I'm doing, really, even if I'm promoting an event of my own, I'll be visualising, we're going to have this many people in the room. You know, if I'm doing a big event, I'm thinking about 200 people. And how am I going to get there then? And then I'm thinking, we're going to have that. We're not going to have anything less. That's how I'm visualising it. I'm thinking about walking out on stage in front of those people. I can see it in my mind's eye. I know how it's going to go. I can see myself being confident. I can see myself putting on a great performance. That was how I approached yesterday as well. It was all positive. I don't let the negative thoughts in. You have to be aware when they're creeping in. Okay, I'm just going to let them pass. Somebody described it to me before, like if a car comes into your driveway and someone is driving, you can't really stop that car coming into the driveway, but you've got a choice. You can either let the car pass on without getting in, or you can open the door and you can get in and go with it. When negative thoughts come in, 
It's a good comparison. Are you going to let them pass on or are you going to sit in and go with them and let it become a bigger thing? Sometimes you're better off just nip it in the bud, be aware of it and just say, okay, that's okay to have those thoughts because it's human nature, but I'm not letting them take over. Let's switch it back to a positive mind frame. That's the way I approach it a lot of the time. So when I'm doing an event like yesterday, I can't get overwhelmed by the num- overwhelmed by the numbers. The numbers are great and it's a huge honour to get up and speak in front of that many people. But I have to bear in mind it's just another event. That's the way I have to approach it. If I go out there thinking, this is the biggest event I've ever done, these numbers are massive. I'm going to terrify myself. I'm going to overwhelm myself. What I have to do is play the game, not the occasion. This is a great advice for anybody in a sporting environment. Play the game, not the occasion. If you get to a final, you have to bear in mind that that final, if if it's a football game, it's another 90 minutes. It's another 90 minutes. That's all it is. It's just another game of football. If you start thinking about the occasion, you start thinking about the final, you start thinking about what's at risk. You start thinking about all the people that are watching and the people that maybe you're going to let down. If you start thinking in that regard, you're in trouble. You need to treat it as just another game, another 90 minutes. And when you do that, forget about what's coming at the end. When you get that final whistle and you've won, then you can start thinking about everything else and the glory of it comes in and then it's great. But for that 90 minutes, you have to be focused on it's just this 90 minutes. It's just another 90 minutes. I've done it a thousand times before and therefore I can I can do it again. And I have to do it again and just treat it the same as those other thousand times. So that's it for me. When I'm visualising going up on that stage, it's just another gig. It is. And it's it's all positive. I can't let those negative thoughts take over. I'm just 100% convincing myself everything is going to go well. Because I do believe the mind responds to what you tell it. If I'm feeding positive message to the brain, it's going to give me positivity back and it's going to make things happen for me. It's going to find a way to make things happen. If I feed negative messages to the brain, it's going to act on those things too. So for everyday life as well as for public speaking, it's just something to be aware of, guys. Your thoughts are really, really powerful. Stronger than probably a lot of you even imagine or are aware of. Um, What else do I do then coming up to big events? Doing the thing that, that calms you. That's important for me. Doing the thing that calms you. Because the few days beforehand sometimes are the worst for me. It's not necessarily the day itself. It's the few days beforehand when you start thinking a little bit more about it. Nerves can start to creep in a little bit more and you start becoming a little bit more self-conscious and you can start finding the stress levels rising and a little bit of anxiety creeping in. The thing that really, really helps me to cope with that is my training. And this is, I've come back to it time and time again. I deal with training for my mental health and I I, I, I train it for everything. It's not just... A lot of people think training is to look good. It's not that for me. Training impacts my whole life. It keeps me feeling good. It keeps me on a on an even keel. It keeps my mental health in a good place. It keeps me feeling good about myself. It keeps my energy levels high. And when I'm doing a gig, it's kind of similar. It calms me. If there's a day when I'm really stressed and I'm wound up and I'm thinking too much about this event that's coming up and maybe I've overplayed it in my head, just by going to the gym or getting out in the fresh air for a run and spending an hour away from that, it helps me beyond belief. It calms me down. It makes the world a difference to me. So that's not necessarily training for everybody. I would think for a lot of people it is. They're not even aware of it because it does definitely have a huge impact when you get, you know, endorphins released and everything is flowing for you and you feel good. But whatever your passion is, for some people it might be going off playing music. For somebody else, it might be going to the cinema. It might be whatever. Whatever the thing is that calms you. I would suggest you go and do that. When you find nerves creeping in or you find anxiety creeping in, turn to the thing that helps you calm down. Turn to the thing that makes you feel good. That's what works for me. So sometimes people will often question me when I'm leading up to a big event and they see me training or they see me working hard. They'll kind of wonder, well, why is he not putting his focus on this event that's coming up? Surely he should be doing extra rehearsing. Surely he should be making notes rather than being in the gym 
you know, it doesn't make sense to some people. But for me, that's the one thing I wouldn't actually compromise. I would always find time to train because without that, I think you can overdo the rehearsing and I think you can overdo the thinking. We're all overthinkers. As humans, we overthink. So I would say the one thing that's non-negotiable in those couple of days leading up to it for me is training. That's something I have to do. It's something I absolutely have to do and would not compromise on. So whatever your thing is that you enjoy, the thing that calms you down, I would say that that's a good thing to do. Keep it in mind. What else? There's a great word, folks, that I really like. It's equanimity. Has anybody ever heard of equanimity? I love that word. The definition of equanimity is it's being calm and composed in a difficult situation. Being calm and composed in a difficult situation. That's what equanimity is. Class word, isn't it? Let's have a competition. Who's got the best word? Email me in your favourite big words. Don't really. Um, equanimity. So being calm in the chaos. I think if you've got that characteristic, it's a huge benefit. Being calm in the chaos. When everything else around you is mental. When there's so much noise. When people are chatting. You know, I go into these events where yesterday we had a thousand people in a room. In a big arena. I was going on stage to speak to those thousand people. For anybody, I think that's intimidating. No matter who you are. You know, that is that is a challenge. But for me, I think about this equanimity. I think about being the calm in the storm. Being the calm in the chaos. If you can be that, you're in control. It's funny because I often find when I do these events, the nerves come to me more probably in the days beforehand. It's happened to me so, so often. And I used to find it really strange at the beginning that I'd wake up on the morning of an event and I feel so calm. And I don't know how it is or why it is. But for me, the two days beforehand, I would be a lot worse. And then on the morning of the event, I'm just in the zone and I really, really don't know why. But again, yesterday, and and you learn to handle it the more you do. I remember yesterday when people were coming at the event and I was standing at the stage just chatting to people and having a laugh with people. And I actually had my my headphones on, not my headphone, the, the microphone. So the piece that comes over your ear and around the side of your mouth and you talk and whatever. I had it on so I could see as the room was filling up and there was a lot of people looking at me and I was aware that people's eyes were on me and they kind of know you're going to be the one that's speaking and whatever. But I just felt so composed. I felt so relaxed and I was just chatting to people and I was having a bit of fun. And I remember one lady a photographer said to me, hey, you're not nervous. I was going, I'm not nervous. I'm really not. And I feel good. I feel calm. I feel like I'm ready to go and do it. And that hasn't always been the case. When I would have done events when I was younger, I would have been absolutely breaking it on those mornings. And, and it doesn't help. It doesn't. Because what you learn is that a certain level of nerves is required. You need a certain level of stress to perform at your best. If that's not there, I think you're not going to do a good event. I really believe that because I think you have to have that level of nerves because it helps your sharpness. It helps keep you on your toes. You're going to respond better to situations. You're going to respond better to the crowd. You're going to create more connection with the crowd. You're going to create engagement. You're going to have a bit of fun with them. You feel good, but you're ready to go. Do you know? So I, I have that certain level of stress. But at the same time, I feel now like I can, can control it. And that was what I struggled with probably in the past. So if you can be the calm in the storm, you go into a room yesterday and bear in mind there's a thousand people filtering into this room. The noise levels are high. The noise levels are very high. And it's so, so easy to let that swallow you up. And if you do that, you're in trouble. So you have to remain calm. You have to remain focused. You have to remain composed. This brilliant equanimity that we talk about again. That's my new favourite word, equanimity. Um... So how how do I handle it on the day itself? Because that's something that probably people really, really would find difficult. It's it's a tricky one, but I've learned as I've, as I've gone. And I come back to it all the time. Ask people for help. If you're not sure how to do something and there's something that you want to do, ask somebody who's done it before you because they can share so much knowledge with you. They can share so much information and so much little tips. 
I contacted a speaking coach a while back. I had a little meeting with him and one of the great tips he gave me, I said to him, you know, have you any, any tips for handling nerves on the day? And he told me, it's about breathing. It's about your breathing techniques. And I'd be quite sceptical about this stuff. You know, I, I'm very kind of straight to the point. Tell me what I need to know and I'll, I'll do it. And sometimes I think some, you know, we can be a little bit eerie-fairy about different things. So I was a wee bit sceptical, but I just thought, open-minded, let's try it. Let's see how we go. He gave me this fantastic technique of, to, just to calm the nerves. Because when you're, when you're sitting there, I'm sitting there waiting to be introduced. Just imagine this situation, guys. You're sitting there waiting to be introduced. There's a thousand people out there waiting for you to come out and entertain them. And the MC for the event, what they do is they build you up. They're speaking to the audience. This guy has done this, this and this. He's brought out this book. He's done this. He's wrote for newspapers. He's done whatever. They big you up. They big you up. And suddenly there's a level of expectation. And these guys, these guys don't care how much they big you up because they're only doing their job. So effectively, it's he's he's absolutely fantastic. He's brilliant. So it's three, two, one, away you go. And suddenly you're out there and you're expected to perform and you're expected to be super amazing because he's built you up to be that. And that's what happens at every single gig you do. And that's not criticism because those guys are only doing their job too. But you have to learn how to handle it because when you're sitting there and the person is introducing you, your heart rate is pumping. It has gone through the roof. And this is where the breathing techniques come in for me. The technique he gave me was take one short breath in for four seconds hold it for seven seconds and breathe out for 11 seconds. And it's on that breathing out, that slow breathing out over 11 seconds, it brings the heart rate right back down, the circadian rhythm. So breathe in for four, hold for seven, breathe out for 11. Try it, guys. It makes a world of difference. It brings your heart rate down. So I've started to use that to control the nerves, to control the heart rate. And then you're using it to your advantage because yes, there's nerves there, but now you're controlling it. And now you're hyped up in terms of controlled passion controlled emotion and you can go out and deliver a good performance rather than heart ripping through the roof sweaty palms just fearing the worst and going out and, and being all over the place so this is a little tip that i found useful and it's it's one of those things i don't think nerves are ever not going to be there i think they're always going to be there to an extent but the key is learning to manage them and learning to control them and a lot of what i talk about on podcasts on social media with clients it's all about self-management and it's about managing you to get the best out of yourself. And this is just another example of that. And it's managing yourself in the moment and being that calm in the chaos when all around you is going mad. Can you keep your head? Can you keep your head? And if you can, you're halfway to success. It's the same. I've done best man speeches. And in all honesty, I found those so much more difficult than I've ever found any work gig. Because it's again, people are sitting there waiting to be entertained. And you're the one that has to entertain them. And that is so, so difficult. So again, I hope those few tips might help people, guys. Just control the breathing, keep the heart rate in check, and then you're 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 in control rather than circumstances taking over and you're letting it all get on top of you. Um what else helps the nerves with, with speaking? Believe in what you're doing. This is not just with speaking, this is in everything. Believe in what you're doing. Because I think if you really, really believe in it and you're passionate about it, then it makes sense because it's important to you. But if you're going out there to do an event and you don't really believe in it and you're just maybe trying to sell something or whatever it is, if you don't really believe in it, then you are going to be nervous. But if you fully believe in what you're doing, you've got a passion, you've got a purpose, you've got a reason for doing it. And it's important to you because you've got an important message to spread. You're there to help people. You're there to bring something of value to them. And you believe 100% in what you're saying. So then why should you be nervous? Because all you're doing is telling the truth and all you're doing is helping people and making a difference to their lives. So why should you be nervous? So you need to keep that in mind. When you're sitting there thinking about 
you know, I'm going out here to speak to all these people. The question I'd ask myself is, am I bringing them value? Am I going to help them in some way? Am I genuine about what I'm bringing to them? And if the answers to those questions are yes, then you have nothing to be nervous about. Because you're helping those people. You're making a difference to their lives. So why should you be nervous? You're only helping them. So believe in what you're doing. And the final thing I would say in terms of controlling nerves is preparation. Be prepared. Be prepared. That's the number one tip I can give you. It's so important, guys. If you're, especially with public speaking, or if you're doing a presentation, be prepared. If it's a best man speech, be prepared. If you go out there without preparation and you're winging it, you will get found out. And you are in trouble if you do that. Because I, I've i made the mistake of doing this before. I actually would have gone out thinking, well, I know my subject. I know my topics very, very well. And that's going to be enough. That will carry me through because what more do I need? If I know my subject, I can't possibly go wrong. And again, it comes back to the previous point and believe in what you're saying. But believe in what you're saying and believing in what you're doing. It's not enough. You've got to be prepared. You've got to be prepared. What I found was I'd go out there thinking, well, I know this subject inside out, so it's fine. But when I was up on stage, it didn't flow because I'd I'd have to stop and think for words. What's the word I need in this situation? Or even, you know, you go out and you think it's just going to flow and it's going to be easy. But because you don't have the word to hand and you haven't taken that extra split second to think about it, you end up slowing down a little bit and things start to fall through a little bit. So you've got to be prepared. It's got to be immaculately prepared. Immaculately prepared. My speaking coach said to me, and it was so, it resonated with me. He said, every gig you do, aim for outstanding. Don't aim for good. Don't aim for for okay. Aim for outstanding. Every single gig, aim for outstanding. Don't aim for perfection because perfection doesn't exist. Aim for outstanding. That was what he said to me. And the only way I can be outstanding is if I've prepared and I've prepared fully. So that's what I've done. For the gig yesterday, I put an awful lot of time into that. People probably didn't even realise it. They see me on stage and they see you talking and they think it just flows and it's easy. I put I put a lot of hours into that. I put a lot of hours work into that. And again, this is why public speaking gets paid a high salary. Like every public speaker, everybody that pays, you know, that goes in front of a crowd, they get well paid for it. They do get well paid for it. But what people think is that these guys get paid to turn up and speak for an hour and they get paid a fortune and it's a crazy amount of money for an hour speaking. It's not an hour speaking, guy. guys. It's not an hour speaking. Hours and hours go into that. If if it's done properly and the professional speaker does do it properly, there's going to be a lot of hours into that. So you're effectively paying for their hours. You're paying for their knowledge. You're paying for their experience. You're paying for their prep time. You're paying for them to get there and home again. So all in all, it adds up. So it might seem like they get paid a lot of money, but really and truly, I would argue that every cent of it is earned, to be honest, if they're if they're good and if they're professional. Um it's difficult. Public speaking is difficult, but you've got to put yourself out there. And when you do that, opportunities start to open up for you as well. When I started out, I was doing gigs for free just to get speaking and just to get experience and just to get up on stage and get in front of people. There was one gig I did a few years ago with, I won't say who it was, but a, a company contacted me and they said, look, we have this big event come on, coming on. It could be a good opportunity for you. I was speaking alongside another very well-known speaker. And they basically said to me, look, we have no budget for you. You're going to have to speak for free if you want to do it. And I think it was the budget was blown on, on the other guy and I was left with nothing, which was fine because, you know what, I was just starting out and I was glad to get the opportunity. But I remember saying to one of my assistants, you know, about this gig, everybody was coming to see the other guy. Everybody in that room was there to see the other guy. Most of them didn't even know who I was. Maybe some did, most didn't. But the vast majority were there to see the other speaker. And I said to my assistant... I'm going to steal the show. 
And I truly, truly believed that. I was going in there. I wasn't going in there to make up the numbers. I said to her, I'm going to steal the show. And I, in my heart and soul, that was all I'd intended to do. I said, yes, I am going to do it. And it was going back to that visualization thing again. If I had gone in thinking, I'm the underdog. This guy is a great speaker. He's known. Everyone's here to see him. And I'm just making up the numbers and I'm probably going to be terrible beside him. If you go in with that attitude, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have survived. I would have been eaten alive. So I was taking the opposite approach because I was seeing it as an opportunity. I was going, okay, I have to speak for nothing. But I'm getting in front of a room full of people with connections. And I have a chance to make an impact here. And sometimes this annoys me because back then people used to say to me, oh, how much are you getting paid for? And I say, I'm not getting paid. Oh, so what are you doing for nothing for? Sure, you're mad in the head. And, you know, people would nearly give out to you for it. And I go, you're not seeing the bigger picture, do you know? And even nowadays when people look at going for promotions and different things and they think, ah, oh, well, it's a lot of extra work, but not much extra pay. Again, it's very, very short term. You'll get the extra pay in the long term if you do the work. So that was where I was with that gig. And I went in and I, I spoke and just put so much effort into it. And it just went like a dream. It went really, really well. And from there, it was exactly what I had said happened. I had said to my assistant when I said, you know, I'm going to steal the show. I said, they're going there to see him, but they're going to be leaving talking about me. And they were going out the door and everybody was on such a buzz. And people were coming up to me afterwards for a chat. And from that, from that, from doing that free gig, I got three paid gigs, which were fantastic gigs to get. And I just got reputation starting to build up and I was creating connection with people and it just, you have to just do those events sometimes and you have to just put yourself out there and you have to handle the nerves and you can't, you can't be going in thinking I'm inferior to other people because you're not inferior to anybody. You have to value yourself and you have to put that value on yourself and you have to believe in yourself and you have to say, okay, he's there, he's known, so what? I'm going to be known soon, you know? So without doing the first gig and without doing, without doing the free gigs, showing up time after time after time, you don't get the bigger gigs in later life. Would I have been speaking in front of a thousand people yesterday if I decided, sorry, that guy's well known, I'm in by that so I'm not going to show up would I hell I've got that gig yesterday by turning up day after day by genuinely going out with a passion trying to help people and not for money going out trying to help people and trying to make a difference if you do that the money will follow it's not about the money you have to genuinely care I've had some great people work with me over the years who have been so caring I know by talking to them they're into what I do they're passionate they wanted to work nearly as much as I do I've also worked people who I got the impression didn't care didn't actually give a shit. They wanted money from me. That was all they wanted. Those people I didn't work with for long because they're no use to you. You need people who are on the same wavelength, who are genuinely happy for you. They want you to do well. If you don't have those people, go and find them. All right. So that's my few little tips on controlling the nerves, guys. Public speaking, it's a challenging thing, but it's something that's so worth doing. I think I've mentioned the statistic before on a poll. It showed that public speaking is the greatest fear that was the results of a poll that were done among the public. It was the greatest fear people had as public speaking. Death was in second place. So there you go. Um, that's it, guys. I'm going to leave it at that for this week because, as I said, I am pretty tired after yesterday. An event like that just takes so much out of you. It really does. It does take me a couple of days to recover after it, even though you're only on stage for a short period of time. It takes me about 48 hours to recover. So I think I'm done for today, guys. Um, have a great week.